Matheson Talks Financial Regulation. Conversations on key issues and new developments in financial services in Ireland. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Matheson Talks Financial Regulation. My name is Claire Scannell and I am the professional support lawyer to Matheson's Financial Institutions Group. I was recently joined on the podcast by my colleagues, partners, Darren Marr, Joe Bichel, Neve Mulholland and Ian O'Mara, where we discussed some of the key legal and regulatory developments of 2023, which impacted regulated financial service providers in Ireland. This episode is part of a four-part series derived from that original podcast, in which we consider a number of the key areas of likely cross-sectoral relevance for 2024. We start with me asking Neve Mulholland whether the dust has settled on the individual accountability framework. So obviously firms have been working for quite a while alongside the Department of Finance, the Central Bank. I mean, this has been a real topic of conversation for the last number of years, if we're honest. And second, as we always say to clients, it's not a blank sheet of paper. So certainly clients had a lot to leverage in terms of their own policies, procedures, operating processes, but also value statements. So their own internal corporate and individual values were brought to the forefront in adopting IAF. So you're right in that, you know, there's a lot of dust settled on the fitness and probity aspect of it, on the conduct aspect of it. That was certainly the big piece of work in 2023 in the core area of focus. And then through into 2024, you have the SEER, the Senior Executive Accountability Regime, that the first deadline for that is the 1st of July of this year. So firms will be working towards that. To pick up on Joe's point, actually, that's not the deadline for non-executive directors. So that was one of the key points the central bank took up in terms of the feedback to its consultation. And it was really helpful actually to see that dialogue because there was a lot of arguments both ways for inclusion and non-inclusion. So there's a constructive and mindful approach, I would say, in that it's a deferral to see how the regime goes for the first year to the 1st of July 2025 before the question about the inclusion of non-executive directors is, is considered. So I think that's really responsible and responsive and shows kind of the innate dynamic nature of the regime. So that continuation will be a trend for 2024. A lot of groundwork was done in 2023 for SEER for those in-scope firms because naturally the requirements of fitness and probity, the requirements and conduct cannot be seen in a siloed or an independent way to those of of SEER. So management responsibility maps have all been started in 23. I would expect to see those developed out further. And then the final piece, of course, is, you know, the test of their regime, the points of implementation. They will all take form uh, in 24 because the idea here is, is that you can't really test the embeddedness of something until you do your first set of performance reviews, you go through your first certification process. So the app, the tangible application and the move from implementation to embeddedness will start in 2024, just with those live test cases, if you like, and the responses to those. And then the feedback loop, as we would talk about quite a bit into the regulator to say, this doesn't work. And here are a couple of really good reasons why, or this doesn't work for this firm. And if you take all those three points together, you should end up with quite a mature regime coming into 2025. Next up, Darren Marr speaks to the Central Bank of Ireland's review of the Consumer Protection Code and what Matson is expecting to see in the much-awaited consultation paper. I think the first thing to note before we get into the consultation paper itself is that this is a root and branch evaluation of the original CPC. Um, so as to ensure it remains fit for purpose going forward. The plan is to look at and to take into account how the changes that we've talked about, the rapid changes in how financial services are delivered through digitalization and other innovative developments, how we can continue to ensure the customers 
with financial and digital literacy issues are not being left behind. So in particular, you know, they're vulnerable customers or older customers. They are not on technology. They're not using laptops. They're not using mobile phones. We cannot exclude them from the financial services industry. They have to be able to continue to participate in that, in the financial services sector, uh, whether that's to use cash, whether that's access to ATMs and all of that is very important. And so I think that will be a part of this review. In terms of what we expect to see in the consultation paper, the central bank's update released last summer addressed outcomes of the discussion paper issued in October 2022. I think that gives us a useful outline, clear of the key points of interest expressed by various stakeholders and an indication of what we're likely to see in the consultation paper. So I'll just run down through some of the things that we are expecting to see. So the first one is proposals regarding the introduction of requirements and guidance on securing customer interests. And there, I think, we do expect to see some influence on the central bank in terms of what happened in the UK in terms of adopting the consumer duty requirements. A lot of our clients in the UK have been talking about that. It's been a big influence there. So will that feed its way into this consultation paper? That'll be an interesting one to look out for. The potential extension of the CPC into other sectors that are not currently in scope. So that's a weighted with interest. Proposals regarding the business standards in line with the Individual Accountability Framework Act along with cross-sectoral requirements and sector-specific standards. Proposal to consolidate all current standalone consumer protection codes and regulations into, into the CPC itself. And I think that'd be a really good idea so it'd all be found in one place. So I would hope that would be part of the consultation paper. And the thing we've, we've mentioned previously, which is proposals to address changes in delivery of financial services products, so likely uh, consider the influence of digitalization, innovation, and the need for financial liter- literacy. So I think a number of areas to be covered. So this is going to be a very broad consultation process. The timeline is something that would slightly concern me. So that has changed a little. So the central bank is now saying that the consultation paper will be released in Q1 of this year. And the intention is that the revised CPC will come into effect at the end of this year with further enhancements to follow in 2025. Now, uh, that's a little troubling. So the further enhancements uh, will affect outcomes from central bank research, policy work, on the expected implementation of the retail banking review recommendations and review of PSD2. So I can I can understand why, therefore, the central bank would want to incorporate that, that work into the CPC. I can also understand why they want to have the new CPC operational as soon as possible in, in this year, in 2024. But if you're a firm, you can understand why firms are concerned that we have to make various changes, processes, procedures, systems and controls at the end of, of this year and then have to do a further lift in 2025 when those enhancements are published. So we would, I think, encourage the regulators to think about that, and perhaps it would be better and fairer in industry in terms of a time and cost perspective to do a single revision to the CPC so that firms can focus their efforts on one single project rather than have to go back at this a second time. Yeah, I think the point there is that, you know, there there are so many different compliance projects and governance projects ongoing that, you know, trying to make it a bit more streamlined for the firms would be greatly appreciated. It's just it's just to mention there, it's just, it's just the time and cost involved. There's the same number of people in any organisation who work on these projects. They have a certain amount of time available. There's a certain amount of resources available. And I do think where you have a single project like this, the CPC, it could be done once. And I think that would be fair on those firms. Next, I ask Ian O'Mara whether we can expect some supervisory engagement from the central bank in 2024, given the recent deadline for implementation of its guidance on operational resilience. Yeah, I think you're dead right, Claire. There's definitely going to be engagement on this topic in the, in the coming months. 
My sense from speaking to clients across a range of sectors in recent times has been that while yes, firms have taken on board the operational resilient guidance, which has been around for the last two years, I get the sense that Dora is going to be a huge project for a lot mm. of firms in the coming months. Oftentimes, the thing that has been holding clients up in terms of getting to grips with it is the the detailed regulatory technical standards which Dora promises and which sets out you know thresholds for reporting ICT incidents to regulators and you know fine detail around the sort of controls and audit processes they need to have over their ICT risk management. So there's a huge job of work there to be done, I suspect. We only expect the, the regulatory technical standards to come out in January and then a further set later in the summertime. And then it kicks in in January 2025. So I, I think a lot of firms have been getting their heads around operational resilience since the guidance that the central bank issued came out. But I, I suspect there's going to be a, a big job of work in terms of uplifting frameworks and making sure that the units and functions and businesses that deal with information technology are fully up to speed with what the new regulatory requirements are for, for this whole area. Next, Neve Mulholland considers the importance of application and demonstration when it comes to recently introduced obligations. 2024, I would say two things. One is I think it's going to be a year of both application and demonstration. So Ian and Darren have kind of given us a long list of laws that are about to have their their legislative deadline, you need to be compliant with them, you know, and a lot of them actually require a lot of effort to demonstrate compliance. But the interesting thing as well, I think, is that we've had a period of time now where some of our more traditional financial services laws have not, you know, been prominent. So you could see some MIFID reviews, for example, and some testing around that, things like remuneration. Um, And I agree with Ian, right? I mean, the convergence between operational resilience, digital operational resilience and outsourcing that particular delightful chestnut, right? You've got to make sure that's coherent with your governance and compliance reviews that yourself and Darren mentioned. So that's what I mean by demonstration. We've had a lot of legislative change. A lot of projects have been completed or are currently being completed by clients. And really they need to be able to demonstrate cogency and coherency, not just at a, you know, we've received a thematic review letter, but also for their PRISM engagements, as Joe has mentioned, you know. So there's quite a bit of that and that I would expect in 2024. Next, Joe Beeshall speaks to the importance of the green agenda and diversity and inclusion as areas of cross-sectoral importance in 2024 and beyond. I think I would just probably state the kind of obvious in two things. One is is obviously the sort of green agenda mm-hmm. that Darren has mentioned, you know, that would be prominent for many years to come. That obviously affects banking in terms of, of, of lending. It affects investment services in terms of suitability preferences. It affects insurance in terms of actually insuring for, for risk that's related to environmental issues and damage and so on. And I would say, you know, gender issues and gender equality uh, haven't gone away. And, and that's, that's still an issue. It's still important for policymakers. And, you know, all of these things that we've talked about are, are, are new, but there's these baseline things, which are like green agenda, diversity and equality, if you like. They're still baseline things that everyone has to keep working on, if you like, um, all the time, every year, year in, year out. This year, 2024, as much as any other year, I would say. Next, Darren Marr talks about what we're likely to see on the Central Bank of Ireland's list of priorities for 2024. I think from the central bank's perspective, last year they issued their dear CEO letter in February. That was addressed to all CEOs of regulated financial service providers. Previously, that had simply gone into their kind of annual report, but this time they've actually written directly to all the CEOs 
Uh, I think that's a very positive development. It shows direct engagement between the regulator and industry, which is exactly, I think, what we're all looking for. Very welcome. We would expect that again in February of this year. Ideally, as you said, the European Supervisory Authorities, all of them have come out uh, with their uh, regulatory priorities for this year in Q4 of last year. Ideally, the central bank would follow suit by giving people that extra bit of notice. What it allows is your internal compliance, legal and risk functions to develop their plans for the year ahead around you know, the central bank's priorities and expectations for that year. So I think a little bit extra notice will be helpful. But overall, I think we welcome the central bank's approach of writing those dear CEO letters. In terms of this year, uh, as I said, we're expecting a kind of a, a similar approach. Uh, with regard to priorities, we would expect to get notice of those when the governor speaks to the joint Oireachtas committee early this month. As regards the priorities themselves, we wouldn't expect any real surprises. You would be looking at a natural progression from last year. So some of the things we'd expect to be included, the completion of the Consumer Protection Code review, continued engagement between uh, the central bank and industry in relation to individual accountability framework, in particular, given that the deadline for SEER is, is in the middle of this year. Developments arising out of the innovation engagement consultation, continuing to progress actions on systemic risks generated by uh, non-banks, strengthening the resilience of the financial system to climate change risks and its ability to support transition to a climate neutral economy, which obviously will be a theme for many years to come. Uh, sporting EU initiatives such as the retail investment strategy and the functioning of an open banking and implementing new EU regulations on digital operation resilience and markets in crypto assets. So a lot for the central bank to be getting on with over the course of 2024. Finally, Ian O'Mara speaks to the importance of the European elections from the perspective of legislative developments in 2024 and beyond. The last few years have seen the EU really drive ahead with new laws, not only in financial services, but also say in regulating, you know, big tech firms and the digital economy. A lot of that touches on financial services laws directly or indirectly. And, you know, we've just gone through a huge shopping list of new laws and compliance initiatives that our clients need to get up to speed with. But, but quite possibly, you know, the European Parliament elections in June are going to potentially put a pause on, on some of that, you know, as we now enter the first half of 2024, it's likely we're going to end in, you know, the political priorities are going to turn more to winning votes rather than getting policy initiatives enacted and finalised. And then, of course, we have to see what the people of Europe elect in terms of a new parliament. Up until now, uh, there's always been a fairly stable majority in the European Parliament around, you know, between Christian Democrats, Social Democrats and the Green Party. That's always ensured there's been a quite a, a solid working majority for the Parliament to pass laws with the, the EU governments. But under the EU treaties, you know, the European Parliament is a co-legislator. So if Europe takes a lurch to the far left or to the far right, or maybe in both far left and far right directions, that working majority might not be there. And so it's possible that, you know, that might come up or slow down the legislative process in the years to come. So it remains to be seen what will happen. It's going to be a very interesting year politically across Europe and, and indeed in the other countries you mentioned. But it's quite possible that the, the rate of reform in terms of new initiatives could potentially break. So that is just a snapshot of some of the cross-sectoral areas of focus which we believe will play a role in 2024. For more detail on this and other sectoral specific considerations, you can hear the full podcast by following the link in the description. 
And for the best way for our listeners to keep up to date on legal and regulatory developments throughout 2024, check out the Financial Institutions Group's weekly Top 5 at 5 email. FIG's Top 5 at 5 is a complimentary weekly subscription service where our subject matter experts highlight five of the previous week's key financial services developments. If you're not subscribed and you would like to be, please reach out to myself and we will have you added to that list. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Join us next time on Maths and Talks Financial Regulation. Thanks for listening to Maths and Talks Financial Regulation. For more information on issues raised in this podcast or for any general queries, you can contact claire.scannell at matheson.com or visit our website at matheson.com.